Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name is Melitza. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive, both now and in the years to come. Well, it's good to be back. Last show was show number 197 and we talked about building family culture during the school age years and how this overlooked time really is a missed opportunity for family growth, family culture and family connectedness. So if you missed that one, then pop on over and look for that because it was all about the life and times of a school age parent. We were mapping out the school age time and establishing some milestones. And it will be really handy if you're listening to this episode to have listened to that episode um, as well. You don't have to have listened to it first, but it, when you get a chance, make sure that you go back and listen to that one. Routines and rhythms become more important as our lifestyle changes. In the early years, there were a lot of individual milestones like walking, reading the first words, blowing bubbles, staying and playing with something for longer and longer times. And as we move on into the school years, we need many more whole family systems. So it's not just one person doing something, it's lots of people doing something that means that we're all working together. And if we don't make it work, there's a lot more trouble. So there's things like family meetings, contributions, family meals, lunch, family game night or day or afternoon or however you do it, whether you decide you want to do a read aloud time together. There are many more things that we try and implement as a whole family system. And this is where we start to have lots of troubles because we know that we can get derailed by one child or one system or one thing slightly out and then the whole system comes to a grinding halt. And it can be really frustrating because we can't control all of that. As you transition into having school-aged children where one person holds up everyone with a tantrum or a lost shoe or a missing binder, someone is feeling really silly and they're just giggly and not being serious when you should be serious, or refusing to participate because they've just had enough and they don't want to, it's very easy for everybody else to be really cross. Now, we can't have that family meeting because we've all just had a big falling out or the vacuum cleaner got broken or the pieces are missing to the game that we're about to play. It's a very different time. And there are two things that we can do to encourage family unity and teaching our children how to be responsible and be part of a family and responsible in that family too. Number one is to show them. When they were younger, in the early years, we showed them lots of things. We gave them something and then they imitated us. They tried to follow our lead in everything. And as they got older, they got more and more independent. And now they're school age, they're at school by themselves, they're doing everything that they want to by themselves. They feel that they can do everything, but they still need to be shown. They still need to see and observe the things that are going on. And sometimes I think that children get so independent, they don't want you to show them anything. 
but that's part of what we're doing as parents is to show them. So that's inviting them over when we're doing activities for them to see exactly what it is that we're doing. It could be that we're in the kitchen making something. It could be that we're paying a bill. It could be that we're working on a project for work. It could be all sorts of different things, but I think it's our role as parents to invite them over and show them age-appropriate things. I mean, we're not showing them our tax bill and our bank statement, but there are certain things that we can show them and share with them for them to be able to experience what it's like to be part of a family. Often children don't realize all the things that are going on, so of course they speak from a selfish perspective. They are children, so you don't need them to be burdened with the worries that we have. So they don't need to know everything, but there are more things that we can share with them and we can show. Many times as parents, and I know I've had this experience many times, I wonder why they can't do something. Well, they're children and they're learning how to do it, and we have to keep showing them the way that we want them to do it. It could be as simple as the way that they clean the sink. They're not cleaning it how you want them to clean it, and every time it's never cleaned that way. Well, you taught them once, many moons ago, but are we regularly going back and showing them and seeing if they're doing it well? Maybe they're a teenager or a tween, and they can be doing something a little harder or a little more. Maybe we need to encourage um, higher expectations in something. Maybe their room being tidy was all of the toys off the floor when they were four, but now they are nine and 10 or 12 or seven, and there should be a new expectation of what your family considers a tidy room to be, and that they can rise to that expectation because you've shown them. Many times we take on lots of roles in the house. We do it all. Sometimes it's because we enjoy it. Sometimes it's because we're the only ones that can do it well. The only one that can do it well is often because we haven't shared how to do it with other people, and that takes time. We need to be able to take our time to start to show the kids what to do. It doesn't mean that everything becomes school where, you know, let me show you how to do this, but just that normal observation of inviting them over so that they can observe what you're doing and why you're doing it. When you're looking at the family calendar and standing there with your phone and pieces of paper, there's a time when you're explaining to them, well, I'm trying to juggle all these things and put these things on the calendar and make sure everybody can get to the right places at the right time. Can you see how I'm going to do this? Being able to share and to show them should be just a normal, everyday part of what's going on. I think when children are at this school age, there is a tendency when they come home from school or they've finished their homeschooling that they're just free to do whatever they want and they don't feel part of the family. While their job is to play and to learn, it's also to experience the routines and the rhythms of being part of a family. And when you're part of a family, you understand how the family is functioning. You know where your place is, you know what you should be doing, you know what you could be doing, and you know that you can go and play, and you can know when it's time to come and do something else and work as part of the family too. Understanding all those routines and rhythms 
is part of showing them and we have to be a bit more upfront with how we do that so being able to say things like come and watch me come see what I'm doing this is why I do this is what I do um, those types of things will encourage children to begin to understand what's going on sometimes we go off and do things by ourselves so we may go um, tidy the kitchen or clean up the garden or fix all of the bills and we can be gone for half an hour an hour in another room to another place on a machine doing something away from the kids so they don't get to see how it's being done if we invite the kids so that they can come see part of it or know what's going on, maybe after you finish, what do you think I was doing? How do you think I was doing it? For the kids to begin to start to see how things happen. Another way of showing them is asking them how they think these things happen. I had an interesting conversation the other day um, with one of my children about making a doctor's appointment. Like, how do we make a doctor's appointment if you're not feeling very well? What's the procedure? And it was very interesting because they'd never had to do it and they won't be able to do it for a long time. But it's very interesting they didn't even have a concept of how we do it here in America. They knew when we were in England how we did it because it just happened to be um, something that they'd learned. But we've moved places and they don't, they've never seen me do it because it's something that I would do away from them while I'm on the telephone. I don't just drop into the surgery as I would do when I was in England. I make a telephone call and I don't want to make a telephone call where there are lots of kids running around and having a wild old time. So I go into a side room and they don't see what I do. They don't know the, the tree that you have of all the buttons you have to press, who you need to call, what you need to do. They have no concept of that because I've removed myself for quietness sake so that I can do the, um, the appointment, but they had no idea of what the process was. And so we need to be able to show them routines and rhythms so that they begin to understand. The second thing is don't eat the elephant one bite at a time. You've probably heard that expression, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. Well, elephants are huge. If you ate an elephant one bite at a time, you'd be sick and tired of eating the elephant. The elephant would probably go off before you get to finish eating that elephant. And parenting can be so much like that too. When I think of some of these big whole family systems that we have to do, like family meetings, when we decide we're gonna to read together as a reading aloud, a special book, to organize and make sure that something like that happens, this feels like an elephant to me. There are so many moving parts, so many different things that we have to manage, so many places where it can break down. And I feel the overwhelming burden that if I'm introducing this new system that I really have to make it work. I'm the one that's enthusiastic. I'm the one that's like, yeah, we need to do this system. I think it's gonna be really good. You know what kids? I've got this new way of doing family lunches. So this is what we're gonna do. I'm sure you've had the same feeling. And they kind of look at you with a blank look. Really? 
you're going to make us do that. And they don't have that same enthusiasm. When we have a whole elephant to eat, what would be another way that we could deal with that? Well, what happens if we invite everybody that we know to come and help eat that elephant at once? We show kindness. We are tackling the same problem, but there are more of us all tackling the same problem at once. And that's how I try to see when we've got these huge whole family systems that we need to do, like family meal times, like family meetings, like reading aloud, and like our current favorite, which is laundry. Many families during the school years find the opportunity to teach their family their laundry system. Each of us have a very different laundry system, the way that we do laundry. It's not the type of thing that comes up in conversation, but if you've ever heard other people talking about it in passing, there'll be things that you think, oh, why do they do that? Things that you'll pick up. You may notice when you go to the store, certain products that you think, why would people use that? Or products that you can't do without. We all have our specific system, our way of doing laundry. But if we did laundry one bite at a time, our children would get bored of doing the same thing. This is why many people's contributions don't work. Because their child has been laying the table since they were three years old, and now they're eight, and they're still laying the table. Their contributions haven't changed with their age or their stage. They're not doing anything bigger or better or different. It's still the same. Maybe they have taken the bin out all the time and that's all they've ever done is taken the bin out. That would be taking one bite at a time for your parenting. It can't apply to everything because we do need to have rhythm and we do need to practice the same thing over and over to get better skilled at it. Without a doubt, that is important to do. But when you have these bigger systems where we're all part of the same thing, I think being able to share out the same task but split among different people really helps the family to have unity. I'll give you an example. Using the washing machine, I have three boys and we split the washing machine up into three, there's probably five different ways, things that we could do when we're washing all of our clothes. And each child learned to do one specific thing. When they were put all together as a whole, they could operate the washing machine by themselves as a whole group of three. One child would come and do one part. Maybe that was to pour in all of the things in the drawers and put the tabs in and the, the liquid and the powder and make sure that that was at the right level. Maybe another child would be the one that would put all of the clothes inside of the machine and that same child might take all of the clothes out of the machine. One child had the special task, because all children love this part, that one that twiddled all the knobs and pressed all the buttons and made sure that it went onto the right cycle. On their own, nobody 
could turn on that washing machine by themselves. Well, of course, the one that could do the buttons could, but there'd be no clothes in there. But they had to have help from the other person. This was the same thing as sharing the elephant. I wanted to teach the boys a way of seeing that we need to work together. That in working together, we can make exactly what we need to happen, happen. Now what was interesting is that everybody needed to do it and they could do it individually. You could call one person and they could do it and they could tag the other person and come back. But more often than not, what happened was another, their children would stay together and wait for each other to do different parts. And because they waited there, they saw what the other person did. So the person that was busy pouring, he knew that other people were watching him and knew what he, they could do it too but they never did his job. He, was, he just continued doing the pouring and making sure that all of the washing machine materials were in the right place. The person that was putting the laundry inside the machine, that's all they did. But the other ones were there, they could see what was happening. Eventually, you graduated, you shifted, you changed so that you started doing a different one and an amazing thing happened. The child that used to pour all of the detergents wanted to teach the other person how to pour the detergent. They did it gently, they did it kindly and they kind of oversaw what was going on. Even though they now had a new job they were happy to help the other person. And for each of them, they did that. You could hear them starting to say things like, you can't fill the washing machine like that. It will be unbalanced. Mom will go mad. The machine will make all this noise and it will be a really bad thing. Or you can't put all of those things in. I usually do two loads. And all sorts of conversations like that started to happen. It's come a point now where they've all gone full circle and all of them can do all three parts of that circle. So technically, they all can operate the washing machine by itself. Now, if we'd done it just one bite at a time, it might have been two or three years that one child might have been the one putting the things in and out of the washing machine because that's the easiest thing the most cost-effective for the washing machine and for our wallet. There's not many things that can go wrong. You can check whether there's too many clothes, etc. The next thing is putting the detergent in. Again, you can take out if they've put too much detergent in. You can see if you were doing bleach anyway, I would be the one that would have come along. So I could see if they were putting things in the wrong place and say too much, too little, we could have a conversation. It was always the oldest child that got to do the twiddling of the button things first because, whoa, if you hit the wrong button in... When we lived in Italy, we had a washing machine that could go for three and a half hours if you just got the wrong cycle. Not to mention that, if you press the wrong buttons, <clears throat> there's a whole lot of water that you can use. And if you're metered, ah, there's, there's so many things that can happen, right? So the kids all learnt to be able to work together, they were part of a whole system. There was not one bite at a the time. They all worked together 
and they all work together on the same system. They all tackle this elephant together. So very, in a very short space of time, they managed to learn how to do this system. And this is something that I think in the school years that we should have uh, a chance for our families to be able to do. Work on whole systems together, but separately. When I talk about the school age years, I'm thinking of the time when we're going to school, so that's five, six years old, something like that, all the way through to tweens and teens. It's a difficult period because the kids are getting used to rhythms and routines at schools and we're establishing those at home. But it's a great time for us to learn the processes of working in a system. And with every system, there are going to be kinks, they're going to be problems, they're going to be failures, they're going to be successes. And during this time, we will experience all of those things. So when we look at the laundry example, we had a lot of interesting times with our washing. We had times where we could laugh, times where we cried almost about it. But none of the times were expensive times. We've never ruined a washing machine. There's never been anything that we couldn't fix. We took the time to show the kids how to do things. We showed them many, many times. They often were together in a close area with each other so they could oversee and sometimes they would remind each other not like that, like this. They learned how to talk to each other and listen to each other. For the many other times that they don't do that, when they're yelling and screaming at each other, there were times when they actually practiced responsibility of working together on a system and seeing how it worked. And we were able to show them afterwards, guys, you just put on a load of washing by yourselves. All three of you just put on all of your washing and be able to show them that they were responsible they were able to do it. It didn't happen the first time. It didn't happen the second time. They took time to feel comfortable with it. There were setbacks when they put the detergent in the fabric softener by accident, or when they thought that there was washing had been put inside because the door was closed and nobody had put any washing in and they run the machine and there was nothing inside. These failures that we can laugh at and these things that went wrong are just progress. These are normal things that should be able to happen within a family and they can learn from it. They devise their own systems of leaving the door open and the person that puts the clothes in has to close the door. That way they knew. I don't know why they didn't just open the door and look in myself. I would have just done that. But that was a system that they decided to do for themselves. That was their, their check and their balance. The person that puts the clothes in has to be the one that closes the door. And that worked for me. They found some way to make it work. Not all of the things that they did, I decided that they should do. They made some decisions. They said, we're going to wash all of our clothes on one day. Well, that took a long time, but they got a lot of practice in and very quickly it got to the point 
where two of them could do their washing by themselves and be able to make it work. They found a system that worked within the system and the parameters that I'd given them and we talked about it and we worked through it and they've had the time to develop it. This hasn't been something that happened overnight. I didn't just introduce it and say, there you go. I want you to do this and I want it done and you're not doing it right. We worked through it and we've worked together to do it. When we're looking at whole family systems, there are going to be times when it doesn't work. There are going to be times when children will derail you. They're upset. You're upset. There'll be times when things just aren't working and we need to have a pause and we need to step back and we need to reevaluate. But I want to encourage you today to really push forward with more whole family systems. For the children to really understand what it's like to be part of the family, for all of us to realize that we are an integral part of what we do. For the family to function well and for us all to be well, we need to be able to work as a whole family system and this school age time is just perfect for us to do that. Many times if we want to be able to get to self-care for ourselves and if self-care is something that is not happening much in your house maybe it's time to look at the whole family systems that you have in place. What are some of the things that your family can do that you don't allow them to do? Okay, let's change that. What are some of the things that your family can do but they don't realize they can do? Maybe they've never asked. Maybe we should show them. Maybe we should invite them. Maybe we should teach them. When there are whole family systems that are going on, everybody can be working on the same component at the same time and that elephant shrinks. So I'm really interested in hearing about your whole family systems. I've talked about family contributions before on other shows and that's a whole family system. I've talked about family meetings which is another whole family system and this week I've talked about being able to do laundry as a whole family system and you can find the link to know how to do that, some of the prompts to ask and the ways to be able to do that so that everybody is working on the same elephant at the same time and not just doing one tiny thing for a very long time. So now it's your turn. I'm sure I'm missing many other whole family systems. I'd love to hear from you about your whole family systems. How are they working for you? What tips and tricks do you use to keep that going? How do you make your whole family systems work in your family? What whole family systems are you interested in learning more about that you really want to tackle but you're not quite sure how to tackle it and what to do? If you've got any comments that you would like to make about the show, maybe you're interested in um, learning more about how to 
do your own whole family systems or just want to talk more about this school age time, then I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter by using the hashtag creatingfamilyhaven or Instagram to talk about this episode. Thanks for being here today. I know there are many things that you could be doing right now, and I'm glad that you've chosen to be here today. And I've hope, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, me as I've been walking outside. You could probably hear in the background. I fancy being outside. There's a lot of the time when we're inside recording, and you know, writers get to go outside and type outside when they're writing their blogs. And you know, podcasters need to be able to get out too. So I hope you've enjoyed the walk as I've been walking around and talking today. I hope something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and helped you to make a decision for your wonderful family. Don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's the best way as it helps new people find the show. Show notes for today's show with links is at raisingplayfultops.com forward slash 198. While you're there, get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has some encouragement and ideas on our journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. Also, I have a growing library of parenting resources and printables over on my site to help you support you. And you can find that also at RaisingPlayfulTots.com. So see you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 198. Come over and play next time. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share, learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven. Goodbye.